Welcome back to another episode of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. We are here with episode 131. I am Mike. I'm here with Anthony. I'm here with Grizz. And this week we watched a very special movie, probably one of the newer movies that we've done on this podcast. Not the newest, as Anthony pointed out. Closest. The second closest. Second closest to newest. So the second newest. The runner-up. This week we watched Cabin in the Woods. But before we get into that, guys, what's up? Are you doing okay? Everybody is all right. We uh, we survived another week. Living and, and breathing, baby. It is still 2021, right? Yep, still 2021. We have not been overtaken by the gods of ancient times. Yeah, what? Uh, Currently 17 <laughs> days into this uh, this already fun year. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're doing all right. Phil Spector didn't make it though. No, no he did not. <laughs> Spector no, died. He did today. not. Phil Phil Spector did die. Yeah. Did he die in jail? What? Did he die in jail? Um, he had to have. I mean, he's a murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But uh, did, he, sometimes these guys like get out randomly. Like he is. Oh, rich. I'm sorry. Have, true. Have you heard of the actor OJ Simpson? Who? Uh, <laughs> yeah, who <are>. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the glove didn't fit. You must have quit. You must have quit. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Like, nobody thought about, like, oh, like maybe it shrunk when the blood was, like, <laughs> no. fucking all over this leather fucking glove. He was also wearing gloves Shrinkage, under dude. it. Was, uh, he was also, they wouldn't let him, uh, if you didn't see the hit show American Crime Story that went into it, uh, they kind of baited uh, the, um, the state to put the gloves on him. Because one of the um, one of the lawyers thought like, oh, it's no, his hands are too big; they're not going to fit. It won't fit, especially if he wear. He has to wear the plastic gloves under it because it would. Yeah, they didn't want it to get it damaged. So they're like, there's no way the gloves going to fit under the glove. So they said, it's like if you don't do it, we're going to put the glove on him today. And then the, the <laughs> state did it, and it, it just it did not it, fit. It did not. And fit. he like half-assed tried to yeah, get it on, right? right? These gloves don't oh, fit. Sorry. And Cuba's the one in going to jail out of this scenario. He played OJ on the show. He's going to jail, apparently. Is he really? For right. what? Uh, I, uh, I think it was like... Uh, Stealing trophies back and shit and beating the hell out of someone. No, <laughs> no I think I think Cuba got in trouble for uh, sexual assault, I think. Wow. Yeah, I didn't hear Piece about, of shit. My wife just told me that. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know Add that. him to the list. The piece of shit list. Yeah, there you go. Speaking of the piece of shit list, Grizz, why don't <laughs> what do you take us back? <laughs> Holy shit. Bad segue. Keep it, but I don't agree with it. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, you fucking crotch goblins, get your fuzzy handcuffs and ball gags ready, because it's about to be 50 shades of fucking bad taste up in here. Mike, take us back to 2012. What a weird thing to say, right? On this podcast, we're going back. Well, also, this is a film that was shot... Movie that was shot four years before this movie came out. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's a weird time capsule of four years, because I really feel... From 2008 to 2012, it, the, it's, the cinema landscape definitely looked different those four years. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's strange. Well, Anthony, uh, speaking of the cinema landscape, why don't we talk about some of the horror movies of 2012 while we're in the, the time machine here, just so you could kind of get a, uh, a little bit of an idea of what was going on at that time right and how this actually kind of foresaw some of the things that would end up being tropes even later on right so we have things that you may know like vhs you know which is a pretty good movie i like that i would say right yeah it's a great anthology the maniac remake Pretty good. I don't know if you've ever seen the remake is of that, Maniac uh, with Elijah Wood. With Elijah Wood, yeah, dude. Actually, that yeah, actually, dude, he's he's fucking awesome in that. I will give him credit. Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, Wood fan, but he he kicks ass as that uh, character. Now we have the uh, Rob Zombie masterpiece, Lords of Salem. Uh, we're gonna get into that one day. I, I promise you. One guys. day we'll actually do that movie. I do actually kind of like that I one. Love so. that one. That was a great year. The Chernobyl Diaries. Another what about good that movie. one. You, really? You guys, have you Is seen it? it? I've seen pieces yeah. of it. I've yeah. never seen the whole thing. It's worth. The, I, I love it. You know, I think it it, it does capture that uh, 2012 kind of horror sensibility, where it's kind of like reminiscent of that, uh, you know, cheesy early 2000s horror still. But man, it's got a great story, and I love the whole nuclear Russia abandoned thing. It's it's a cool cool movie. Check it out. I like the I like the premise of it. It's very uh, right up my alley. Yeah, mutant people. Also, and we have radiation. That's cool as fuck. Also, we have Paranormal Activity Part Four. I do not know which one that is. I don't think I saw any of them after Part Two. Do you guys care for that uh, uh, those at all, or what do you think? I think the I, what, the original was good. First That's one I, was uh, good. I feel like all these movies from the mid two thousands, the first one was always good, and then the sequels were always kind of subpar. They tried way too hard to like make it into a franchise. You know, this is the yeah, issue I have with the the whole Paranormal Activities uh, series, or I guess uh, franchise at this point, is that uh, they went with the whole oh, it's also got this occult witch fucking cult thing going on and i think if they would have just made it about like uh, a house Straight that has ghost. poltergeist or some shit like that that would have been yeah i'm i'm sold on that keep doing those movies save all that other shit for something else it kind of took me out of like oh this is actually could could be real like this seems like home movies you're watching and then all of a sudden there's witches and i'm like get the fuck out of here I still found it pretty okay. It's watchable, I would say. The first one is definitely watchable. Oh, yeah, Just it's like watchable. The, I think The Conjuring is the other one that I think the first one was very good. I very like the Conjuring. good. Uh, and then was that twelve? Four, thirteen, thirteen. I was, yeah, I think that was before. No, no that I was think, after that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But that movie I thought was great, and then all the other ones that came from it. 
not really that strong. And I did give them a chance. I did watch them, but none of them are really the, that great. The Conjuring 2, I thought was a decent follow-up. Not the best. The spin-offs, like The Nun and the fucking Annabelle, those are a, horrible. Yeah. Don't, I don't like those at all. Cash grabs. Well, Cash sure. grabs. No, know what I kind of noticed about 2012 when you look at some of the releases and horror, not just horror, like a lot of stuff. I feel like 12 was a kind of a year you're coming out. Like Beard just touched upon how like, you know, that mid to early 2000s horror. I feel like 12 is kind of the changing of a guard where you kind of like 11 had like a lot of like the same and 12. You start seeing like different remakes happening, like more artistic stuff. Some like things in like a birth of new franchises. I always think of 2012 as like a, a milestone year for movies in the sense of like one, one style's leaving, one's coming up. You know, different different directors are coming out. Even uh, things. yeah, even with like like what you're saying, there's also like a birth of like the fucking far fetched is getting even crazier. There's like another side of horror cinema that's like pushing the limits to being like how ridiculous can we be? I think driven by that like the rise of the sci-fi channel, uh, yeah. you know, kind of horror movie that had that boom at that time. So I think that kind of all those things came together to kind of give us this weird horror map that we're dealing with in 2021 not that we're getting any new movies but i guess you would say 2019 was the last year we'd have decent decent releases of any kind yeah it's just it's so weird how this time period in horror it's very hit or miss there's like little pockets of greatness and then it just for some reason like you go long stretches with nothing Right, where it's all garbage. They really tried to cash in on like the high school teen yeah. horror around this time period too. Where like it even got to the point where you know, when we were a little bit younger, you would have saw movies like Scream or yeah. I know what you did last summer. But like in this time period you start getting things like fucking Annabelle. And, I would, I and would, the nun, yeah. like you said, shit like that. This yeah, is I where it all began. The death of the teen horror, like that yeah. whole trope. I as think we know, as we know it. Well, I'm glad they did. I argue we were on the upswing, though. I would argue 12 was starting the upswing because there's a lot of good independent movies that I like that came out around that time. But for horror, you got to think about 09010, 09010, 2010. We got like. The Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which was not great. Oof. Oh, yeah. The 2009 yeah. Friday 13th, like I rewatched, I, I didn't like, like, I rewatched it recently. I still think it's great. The, the guy from Supernatural. Well, no, what a hunk. the, the, re, the yeah, I agree, hunky guy. <laughs> I, but here, here's my thing. No, why I feel like I, re, I realized why I didn't like that movie as much. It's not the movie's fault. I blame the thousand other movies that were knockoffs of that movie coming before, meaning that, like, I felt this was like a mid 2000s horror movie just with Jason Voorhees inserted. But that's not that movie's fault. I mean, there's like a lot of terrible movies that fought were before it. By the time that movie came out, I felt like it was You're like sick end of, of the it. Show. You were burnt out. Yeah. It's like House of Wax, you know, all this stuff, you know, for well, years. Well, it was the same thing with yeah. the 80s that by yeah. the end of the 80s, everybody was burnt out on the slasher genre, it's, right? It's, it's tough to be original. It's like the same thing with being in a band. No matter what kind of music you play, it's, it's going to be tough to be original and to break a mold because so much has been done. And, you know, you draw so much influence from so much stuff that you love that it's it, sometimes it's hard to uh, to create yeah. something that's your own and unique. And I think that's what was kind of happening in horror in the 2000s was that a lot of stuff was getting stale. It was just like, how many remakes are we going to see? How many of the same fucking 
you know, storylines that we're going to see. And I kind of feel like this movie was a way of saying fuck you to all of those things and kind of highlighting it. Yeah, it was definitely self-aware. It's meant to be self-aware. Kind of like plays tongue-in-cheek with like why those 80s slasher movies are the way they are and why people make the decisions that they make. Yeah. It, it was very smart. It's definitely people that were fans of the genre. You know what I yeah. mean? They were definitely knowledgeable about the genre. Yeah. I, I have a great... What, my Like my wife asked me, like I was watching, I was like, so I've never seen it. And I'm like, okay, if you want to, like, she's like, what's it like? I'm like, okay, it's like Evil Dead meets Rat Race. There you go. That's, that's what this funny. movie is. That's a great comparison. <laughs> Think about it. It's it's Rat Race meets Evil Dead. That's this is so this funny. <laughs> Anthony, that's a great comparison. <laughs> so it I don't is. know I too much about the time period. So you guys are going to have to take uh, the lead on this. Who is the, the WWE champion in 2012? What 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 year did this come out? What what month did it come out? Uh, April would have been April would have been April two thousand twelve. The Rock, punk. no Punk, The Rock, Punk. It wasn't it Roxena? No, uh, Roxena uh, made WrestleMania. A, made a event that it wasn't for the title. Oh, it wasn't for the belt. That's the thing. Punk never got to Headline Mania. So I'm oh, pretty sure oh, from oh, what oh, I oh. from my research, like I didn't, I stopped watching after the Attitude Era. Uh, but from what punk. I saw, is that like it looked like this dude CM Punk held it all of twenty twelve for a year. So. For a year. He lost it at Royal Rumble 2013. Kind of weird at that time period because from like the end of the Attitude Era, it was just like a belt swapping, you know, craziness where everyone was up, every title belt was up for grabs all the time. So it was, it's weird yeah, to see someone yeah. hold it for a year. I wasn't watching in 2012. What, what year did we start watching again? So I what? continued watching, but then I, we, when everyone started watching together again, was at right around February of 2013, like right after the Royal wow. Rumble. I remember, I remember we were over my house and I used to just DVR it and then like Jerry just put it on again and everyone kind of was like, oh, let's just watch it again. But uh, one day we just all started watching wrestling again. And that <laughs> a group was seven, effort. Eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. I always thought I was more so like I'm always on it. I right now I'm on an off time with WWE, but I was always on and off with them more so watching like, like New Japan, Ring of Honor and then bouncing back. But Punk was the champion for like from like he won it in 2011 then lost it then won it back and then held it until he had to drop it to the rock you were a big fan right anthony i like punk uh i do think he deserved to headline a mania i not a big fan of his uh the teasing he's been doing the past seven or eight years yeah i i, I think either it's come back or just thin. or just stop i always come see on stuff on or come the, on our uh, podcast the yeah. network but also about i the, uh, what is it the, the pipe bomb uh yeah promo the or scripted pipe bomb yeah the scripted pipe bomb yes. is that what it was what do you think it was scripted <laughs> oh yeah i yeah, think i think yeah. it was for sure it's a work he, Come on. He, he was really frustrated wanted to leave and they wanted ratings so he did it dude vince don't let you do anything yeah come on but uh he i do fist. think the one thing i do think his uh he did point out things that were going bad with the company but the company will never change until you know one person steps away so you said you're I mean, not watching are you watching aew now I'm watching. I'll listen to high, like uh, podcasts about what's going on occasionally. I watch AEW, New Japan. I still follow very religiously, and uh, but AEW, I, I guess I watch a little bit. NXT, I watch a lot. I know it's the same company, but NXT is just a completely different animal, it's a different product. No oh shit. my god, check it out. NXT, AEW, back and forth on Wednesdays yeah. is great. Yeah, I just realized that I can watch all this stuff through apps on yeah. my uh, Amazon Fire Stick. So That's I've been great. watching AEW. I've 
Kinda, I haven't really been watching Raw. I mean, if I do end up watching it, I, I watch it, whatever. But AEW I've been watching, NXT I've been watching, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, they got NXT. Well, I, I, have, I haven't really watched any of it before because I just knew it was like a a Raw or a WWE product or whatever. So, yeah, they have a lot of good guys there. So this movie, Cabin in the Woods, was released, as you may know, uh, in April of 2012, April 13th to be exact. Friday the 13th. And it was made with a... Yeah, which is always a great thing, right? I Perfect love that. for this I movie. I remember too. where I was. I was in North Carolina. I was on tour. When you guys this movie came out. You guys I, all see this in theaters? I wanted to see it on tour in theater. I and don't I waited until I got I home. Did. I did. I saw this yeah. in theaters. I Me wish too. I did. So this was made with a $30 million budget. It made about $70 million gross worldwide. So it made, you know, a little bit of money. Made double its money. About double, Not yeah. bad. Not bad. Take it. Film. Filmed in ca- filmed in Canada, so you know the tax rate was low oh, for yeah. them, right? <laughs> Mucho tax breakos, right? Filming up there. That's why Romero <laughs> started doing everything, <laughs> right? That's why he I, was he a Canadian citizen at the end. Yeah, right. I think he's, he's buried up there. So that's pretty. Uh, that's a little thing. This was written by Joss Whedon, who you would know from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yes, I would know him right? from that. Yeah, absolutely. Big big fan. I was big, a big fan. Used to watch that as a child. Uh-huh. Big Buffy. Right? It was always on after doing, school. He's doing the new Suicide Squad, which actually looks pretty decent. Probably more known for the Avengers now, right? Oof. Doing all those movies and like the Age Ultron movies. Uh, yeah, I'm not a comic book oh. movie guy. I've never seen any of well, that stuff. Beard, I'm not big sure. Money, if be- big money. I'm not sure if Beard would agree with me, but I do think out of like the Avenger that the Marvel timeline, I feel that the Avengers uh-huh. is not that st- like the Avenger movie is not as strong as some of the other movies in that franchise. The I'm- first Iron Man will forever be the best of all those Marvel movies, dude. But I, that I, will forever be the best one. But no, but no, I think uh, the two that kind of fight it is Winter Soldier. I love. Which a soldier is such uh-huh. a good fucking movie, uh-huh. and Civil War is fantastic. I saw Civil War pretty, you know, pretty recently, and it was it was pretty good. It I thought right. it was better than the Avengers. Yeah, it was alright. Yeah. I like this the was directed. <laughs> meet, meet which one? Which I'm a huge. I like Batman all guy. the Batman movies as long as fucking Ben Affleck's not in it. There you go. That's a fair comment. <laughs> and on this podcast, Robert Pattinson's going to be amazing. Everybody, so I, I, think want, so I too. want it on record. I want it on record. I, He's going to be one of the best Batman's of all time. This was also written by Drew Goddard, who also actually directed this movie. He did a great job. Yeah, he for sure did. And this was his first directing appearance, but he wrote Cloverfield in yeah. 2008, which is one of my favorite movies. I love that one. Never he, saw it. Is it just, I, Check it I, out. I, liter- I literally, great. literally just watched it last night. It's again. awesome. No shit. Yeah, still awesome. Still great. Every time in like something happens, it's like, wow, imagine, imagine that happening. Who, like, did, who directed that? It's what's his name? Oh, um, Shyamalan? It's, uh, no. No, 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 no. It's, um, hold on. It's someone I, who's I known know, for, like, putting in big twists and shit in their movies. So that's, like, why I, like, was, didn't see it. Because I was like, well, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna fall for this I bullshit. Forgot, I can't believe I forgot who directed it. I mean, Cloverfield is technically a found footage film. Is it a horror film? Oh. Maybe. It's Matt Reeves, who's doing the new Batman movie. There you go. There you go. There's Matt the Reeves. Connection. Who's fantastic. Would you say Cloverfield is kind of a horror movie? Like yeah. a sci-fi horror film? Yeah. I would. It's it definitely has a feel to it, like 
in certain parts, like when the monsters are coming out of the darkness, even with the giant like kaiju type thing. I I really recommend seeing that man. I think you might like it. Are you a yeah. Godzilla guy? I you love like Godzilla that type of shit. Like the early like yeah, movie, 50s yeah, to the, really the 70s, especially. That's the time period. Figure, figure a really well done found footage movie. Yeah. That like a really well done alien. I'm trying to connect the, the, the Godzilla thing. connection there because I'm trying. To, I've never seen a, a found the, footage movie the, with Godzilla in it. Oh well, there's a giant monster attacking. Oh Manhattan, really? Okay. And these people are trapped like on Manhattan Island with like the monster like roaming about. No, I might sell you on it. It has parasites on it that fall off and attack people. Yeah, I love that. Has, like, That's little, a great concept. Little, yeah. That sold me. Yeah, yeah. they like bite but, in, you get sick, but, and they like fucking. I am dying for a good Godzilla movie. Jesus fucking Christ! Can yeah. we please it, get hey, a good God's, one. Godzilla versus Kong coming out soon. They just pushed it up. Yeah, really? They pushed it up. On demand, I think, right? Yeah. HBO and, Max or some shit, or on demand, one of those oh, things. And, and to kind of go back to the the Shining type of thing that we had when we talked about the Shining, about was that about a month ago we did the Shining? Yeah, yeah, about that. Mm, it was Christmas. Yeah, they um, Matt Reeves is very his directing style is very Kubrick X, where he puts people through hell, which is basically he did on Cloverfield, and basically what he's doing on Batman, which is. A lot of the reasons why it's having issues. Yeah, I heard so, it's a fucking nightmare set. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Reeves is great. You would, you would, you should really see Cloverfield. It's, it's a, it's not what you think you're gonna walk into. It's yeah. really good. When I say it's found footage, like it's not gonna look like found footage half the time. It's not like it's, Blair Witch Project with Godzilla walking by in the woods. No, 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 no. <laughs> like they do show you. Like you see the monster. Like That's you're cool. gonna see the monster. They're not, and it looks good. Yeah. It looks really, nice. it looks like really cool. That. Yeah. And the director, he also said that in an interview I watched that he thought he would never be allowed to direct another movie ever. So he just said, I fucking going to do crazy shit. He's I like, think of. I'm going to make this perfect because I'm probably never going to direct again. And so that you was know the- why you thought you know why you thought it was M. Night Shyamalan? Why? Because it's not It's not M. Night Shyamalan. It's Bad Robot. It's It's J.J. Abrams. Yeah, Abrams. Uh, yeah. That, I knew it was... That, that's his production company. Yeah. yeah, I knew it had something to do with somebody who was like, oh, he's going to trick you with his movies. He's a trickster. I fucking uh, hate that. That's him. Oh, so. you, you, know, you felt like you got Super 8? Yeah, uh, Super, eight, super, super eight. 8 Super 8 was one of my, the big, most upset I've ever been in a movie theater. I, uh, I was so saw that in theaters and I couldn't tell you a damn thing about it. I so forgot. Cloverfield was written by the guy who wrote or co-wrote and directed our movie here, Cabin in the Woods. Is that yeah. what you guys are telling yeah. me? Yes. That's awesome. Yep. Right, I got to yep. check it out then. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. And they actually wrote Cabin in the Woods in only three days. I love that. Which is which is pretty fucking crazy because it's pretty it's, layered. There's, yeah, there's a lot of small things that they added, and I wonder if they just did that as they went along, like with set dressing or you know shit like that. It, it, they really did a good job in sprinkling in all these little nods to other horror from, movies uh, and franchises. From what I understand, too, it's like they uh, they were kind of pissed off with some jobs that they had recently done. And they were kind of like fed up with a lot of the industry standards of things. So that was their kind of way of being like, all right, well, let's just go in this fucking room and just spend the next few days writing this movie as like a love letter and like a a fuck you to what horror had become. And that's so fucking punk rock. I love it. That's great. And I think it's cool in the sense that it's like kind of like basically it brings like all these horror movies into its own world in the sense of like a explains why like there's like 
why like people are just randomly have sex in the woods. It explains why, like, you know what I mean? Like it really, it really is like, Oh, this is why this happens in the movies you watch. I thought it was very breaks like the fifth wall. It breaks all these walls. I thought it was really cool. They think of everything. I found, yeah, I found a very interesting thing that said that this was almost made into a 3d movie. Which oh I don't think this needed 3D. I yeah. don't think there was anything that would uh it wouldn't have benefited from. No, yeah. What I agree. maybe the one the one bear trap being thrown? Was that the only gag that really would have actually worked? Can we just mention right? how fucking awesome that is? A giant bear trap being thrown at somebody yeah. that like is fucking scorpionish and like catches them and like, they pull them back with it. That's probably one of the coolest like medieval type weapons you can possibly get. I think that's a, such a cool thing that they did with this movie. It, the special effects were great in yeah. this. And also a funny side note, Heather Langenkamp of yep. Nightmare on Elm Street was, fame. She actually worked on this movie her with and her husband. husband yeah. And her son. Yeah. And her son, right? I don't know about the son. I didn't see that, but I, I think, just saw the husband and her. Yeah, I think it was and I think the son was one of the guys on the head makeup guy and they used the father and the mother who were like, I think it was like, they're like a team together. I think oh, it was. I didn't know that. And by the way, this is, I, I read that she was not allowed to make out with a real, uh, like a taxidermy wolf. So that's fake. And the tongue's made out of sugar and shit. <laughs> like sugar to make it look yeah. dusty. And yeah. Stuff. They, they, the, the, the makeup team, they did it. Yeah. They, they, they had it. They had to job. build it. They, yeah. did a, they, did, they did a fucking awesome job. Such a good job that MGM went bankrupt because of it, right? <laughs> well, and I guess Canada had some law where they, like, no, you can't make out with, like, a dead animal. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, oh, okay, we got to make one. I feel like it's more sterile to do that anyway. Yeah, so. I know. But, yeah, MGM went bankrupt uh, right after this was finished, right? So they couldn't release it. And it ended up being released after, what, a year after Thor? So Chris Hemsworth. So I misspoke on that. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, he was already uh, famous by then, right? I misspoke. I thought I thought they were trying to cover up. What I read was that his it was his ex management or the management he was transitioning to, or something didn't want it coming out. But him and Sweden were fine. They were they fine liked with the movie. They wanted it to come out. He's like, I, he, he was already on retainer. He knew he was not going to lose yeah. his fucking spot by it and the movie is you know decent even though it's not a high 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 budget it was a decent budget it's yeah. gonna look good you know and it's a great Josh, film so yeah. well, why would well, you they, like, it yeah. at first they thought that the movie sucked and then like every anytime that they showed it to somebody they're like what the fuck are you talking about this movie's awesome yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like they everybody got pumped on it every time that they watched it but they were like super down on it for some reason i, I think feel this could pass as I think an probably the name is a hard Close. sell yeah, but it was all, it's like a play on, every, you know, it's a play on the genre. And you, and you get yeah. that after you watch it. But like, even for me before I'd actually, I think one of the reasons why I didn't go see it in theaters was because I'm, I, I see Cabin in the Woods and I'm like, here we go. Another Evil Dead ripoff. How many times have I seen that shit? And I, I regret that, you know, mindset because now, you know, in retrospect, after I saw it, I was like, fucking mind blown holy shit this is brilliant this is like something completely different and fresh and and dude hats off to them so why don't we hit the trailer so we can get a little bit uh more in depth everybody ready doesn't even show up on the gps 
is unworthy of global positioning. That's the whole point. Get off the grid, right? Hello? I'm thinking this thing doesn't take credit cards. Time says closed. We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. Not to get you there. Getting back. That's your concern. <laughs> this is awesome. Whoa. No way. have passed to the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Get this party started! I seriously believe something weird is going on. What is that thing? We have to stay together. This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? We gotta get out of here. Somebody sent those things here to get us. You're missing the point. They want to see us punished. Cabin in the Woods. Uh, you want you want me to do the synopsis this week? I, I actually wrote one down, which well, is kind of by weird. all means, please. Very unlike me. Who 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 knows if it's even good though? Because <laughs> you know, sometimes these thoughts, I I just jot them down it's, when they come it's to me. Better when it's freestyle. A group of college kids go to a cabin in the woods where they're killed one by one by government aided monsters. That's actually really great because if I were to be told that synopsis by somebody without seeing the movie, I'd be like, you know what? That whole government monster things really intrigues me. And I have to figure yeah. out what the fuck that is about. I, I tried to encompass like the whole thing in one sentence. That's and I feel like that was, that was pretty uh, efficiently said, right? Well, run the fucking bases uh, there, babe. Cause you just hit a home run. That was fantastic. And there it is. There it is. Knocked it out of the park. So now let's get to the cast of this movie. They're pretty likable, right? Everybody in this movie is, you know, an enjoyable character. They're entertaining. They play to their part very well. There's nobody that you're really like, wow, this this person fucking sucks. And now I don't know if that's a whole thing because like this is 2012 and a fucking ton tons of money are, are wrapped in this so they can actually afford great actors and actresses you know is it one of those things or is it just well written well like the first people i mean right off the bat we get introduced to uh our, our two government workers who are played by richard jenkins and bradley whitford and these two motherfuckers uh, yes. are like 
amazing. They're great casting. They're they're great from everything else they've been in. I mean, you're gonna know uh, Richard Jenkins from the, the the dad and Step Brothers. Who doesn't fucking love that movie? And that's such a yeah. funny role for him. And he plays like almost that same kind of sensibility in this one. Bradley Whitford, you're gonna know him as the the, the weaseled faced Eric from Billy Eric. Madison. Another iconic role, and I oh, yeah, love he, these two characters in this movie. Probably some of the best casting ever, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, if you've seen Get Out, he's known as the father that said he would have voted for Obama for a third term. Uh, is that really him? He, he's in Get Out. He plays oh, the father. He's like, I have a. He's like, I love Obama. Would have voted for him a third term because <laughs> the son's black. He says that. I don't think I've ever watched wants. that movie. I have it. Dude, too. Get Out is so good, man. Yeah, it's, I have it on my shelf. So I don't know if I ever put it it's in. Such a great film. But yeah, he's. Yeah, they, I think the casting of this movie is like perfect. I wish they would have made more movies of just like these characters. Like, I wish. I wish it wasn't, you know, ended the way that it was ended, where these guys go on and you see like another year of this shit going on. You know what I mean? They're very, very funny and they play off each other very, yeah. very well, right? They're very like, uh, there's very... Yeah, that chemistry is fucking awesome. Yeah. I could watch a movie of just them two. Doing I agree. Things, just doing things around the office. I agree. <laughs> Sitter. <laughs> Citizen and Hadley, right? That's their names in this movie. It's so funny. There's just typical like office government workers, right? Don't really give a shit. Kind of just collecting the paycheck, doing what, doing the bare minimum. <laughs> and, and it's funny too because they have this cast of the uh, our, our teenagers who are going to be going. Not teen, I guess they're like college kids' age or whatever. But they're going yeah, they're to this. Kids. Yeah, they're, they're college because yeah. they're going to this cabin in the woods. And I think they also did a great job casting here too, because when on first sight these are so stereotypical, uh, the roles that you would see in these movies of like, oh, Chris Hemworth is this you know super jockey looking fucking dude. You got this stoner dude, and oh, there's this guy named Marty who like is wearing you know a bunch of like baggy clothes and looks like a fucking hippie. So you have all these characters who play these roles really, really well, and. It's it's so stereotypical of these kind of horror movies. Yeah, you have the nerd, you have the jock, you have the whore, the whore, the fool, and you have the nerd. And everybody plays really up to those characteristics in the movie, especially later on. They really get into their roles, right? We also have somebody else that's kind of a minor character in this. His name is Mordecai, but he's the soothsayer. And what when the group got, when the group is going in their RV, uh, they go to get gas, and they pull up to this like backwoods Texas chainsaw looking deliverance place, and they speak to the gas station attendant, and he's a real piece of shit, and he basically warns them like, "You're gonna die, right? Like, don't go up to that cabin." And by the way, did they ever explain how Kurt? Like, he's like, yeah, it's my cousin's cabin. He just got it. Like, does he ever explain how his cousin got this thing? Or, like, because if, if there's even a point where the she's government like... government knows him, dude. Yeah. The government's like, on them the whole time. And what's her name? At, at one point, uh, either Jules or Dana, one of the girls is like, do you even have a cousin? And it's never answered. So, like, who the fuck is the cousin? 
How does the cousin get the cabin? Does the obviously it's all like done through this government agency? Like when we see these group of you know uh, college kids leave the the city to go to this cabin, you instantly see somebody on the roof with like an earpiece being like, "All right, you know the chickens left the coop." <laughs> so like you can kind of see that this whole thing is staged. But like, yeah, who is cousin and like is cousin in on it? That's the next question I have. Yeah, it really just... <laughs> is his name Cousin? Is his is name even cousin? cousin? That's the good question. Cousin Cousin? <laughs> it's the name of a great spinoff. Cousin Cousin in the woods. And the final, I guess, group you can say, I guess they belong to the cast. The Buckners, right? The the good old Buckners. Killer zombie. No, what is it? The zombie, the torture... What the hell is it? The redneck zombie torture family? Yeah, that's what it is. Redneck right? zombie torture family, which is very yeah. different from zombies. Do not get those two confused. They are separate Do entities. Not mix it up. Yeah, and I like how like the woman's all discouraged after because she's like, you know what? I guess you're right. Yeah, what does he say? He's like, these are two different things. You're talking about an elephant and an elephant seal here. They're not the same fucking thing. And she's like, ah, yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, he's like, better luck next year. <laughs> I think they're done very well. I think they have a good look to them. I think they're pretty scary looking, right? When they when they're coming out of the the ground and you see them coming out of the woods, which is lit like almost fairy tale like. Yeah. Right? All I can think about is Silent Hill because the fucking little girl is the same girl from Silent Hill and she looks exactly the same in this movie as she does in that. Like her face is so recognizable. But I think like the uh, the big dude, the father Buckner, I guess he would be. He's menacing as fuck. Is he the guy? Is I want to see who plays that dude because he looks like the same dude that would play that Michael Myers in uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. He has that same build where he's just like a big fucking brick house kind of dude. That's your favorite Halloween, right? It is my favorite Halloween. I think it's the the, the premium it is his favorite Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. It is. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, I want to point that out. It's not him, <laughs> but I, I think the guy is in one of the Texas Chainsaw movies or something oh, yeah, like that. One Dan of the modern Shea. ones. He is. Yeah, I see that. He is. He's in it. He's in. He's in. Well, I think he's in the beginning. No, no, I think he's in the remake. When- I just watched the one where uh, they show like the girl being kidnapped by like the posse. And she goes back to the house and he's like in the basement. And then like she, uh, that's like her cousin, like the girl's cousin is fucking Leatherface. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a, they're oh, bad terrible. movies. I, I'm not saying they're super bad. I just, the beginning and the remake kind of like blend into each other for me in my head. I haven't watched them in so long. I just love that dude from Full Metal Jacket. He's, oh, he's, he's great. He's the best, especially when he's in fucking Saving Silverman as the as the coach. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> we gotta break him out of jail. Break him out of jail. <laughs> Dude, that movie's so fucking good. I love it. Oh my god, they get eater. That's what you do. <laughs> you eater. Leave no evidence. I can't do it. It's man. The perfect crime. The perfect crime. <laughs> this movie takes place. As uh, you may know by the title of the film, <laughs> at a cabin in the woods, woods right? Yeah. Like <laughs> this group of college kids goes to this cabin, right? And it's it looks exactly like the Evil Dead cabin, which is definitely on purpose. But yeah, I find sure. it very interesting that this is what they chose as like a government facility. 
You well, know what I mean? Like, but it's all done is, on purpose. It's y- done to like make it into like a satire. I yeah, think it's great. Well, well, it's all yeah. Obviously, it's all done on purpose. But, but like, like in the real world of the that, film, that like it's funny yeah. that that would be what they chose. Yeah, for the stopping ground of this ritual that happens every year. Yeah, yeah and like. There's all these different monsters and shit that they could choose from, and they all have to be in this setting. So, like the unicorn, yeah, in right? the cabin, the merman, <laughs> uh, the Cenobite people, like all shit like that, the giant bats. And you know what's funny? They all fit. It all fits. Yeah, you it could really do does. it in this it setting. Really, you really could. I love it too because when they're going to the cabin, they have to go through this. Uh, a mountainside pass that's like a tunnel carved into this mountain which is like the only way to get to the cabin and like dude i would be terrified to drive through that shit and and to be like i don't know that whole thing i'm claustrophobic as fuck so that just freaks me out there's one way that we go to the Mahonic drive-in that you actually go through one of those oh no like you go through like a mountain like a tunnel in the mountain no good. But what's funny that they they chose more of like a contemporary setting with the whole like cabin in the woods type thing, even though the actual basis of this ritual is pretty much I I guess Greek, right? Because the hand at the end is supposed to be fucking Kronos, right? And, so and that's the that's a little bit of the confusing part because. Uh, there's like a lot of, I guess I could look at it a bunch of different ways. There's definitely some, uh, old God stuff going on, which is, is very, uh, like Lovecraftian. Yeah, that's it. Lovecraftian. <laughs> and it's weird that they mix it with something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's just a lot of different, uh, it's just a very, a mixed bag of, of mythologies and histories and stuff going on. And it's funny that all these monsters apparently are from that time period too right i guess there's like a i I wouldn't say all of them because when we see later on that there is monsters from every world plane and dimension that you could possibly think of yeah and a a lot of winks in 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 the box yeah a lot lot of of crazy cool things when you really start to slow down and look at that that final scene of what all these different monsters are and the homages that they're paying they say a funny line in the movie when I guess he's supposed to be like a security guy is like, oh my God, like this, this is stuff of nightmares. And the woman's like, this is what nightmares are based on. The stuff that came before it was the real nightmare is what she was saying. Like the old gods were the real nightmare. This stuff is like, you know, what keeps the nightmares at bay. I love that. I really like that they use all like the the monsters that are from all classic movies shit like that so like there's even tropes when it comes to like oh here's a giant bat a giant snake there's zombies there's this and that and they that continues in the actual movie like they're in this cabin and the creepy cellar door bursts open total evil right? dead like every, i mean it's even an evil ex- dead looking door it's it's fucking a dead yeah. ringer I mean, the cabin itself is even a trope. It looks like the Evil Dead cabin. Yeah, everything about that set, that 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 entire uh, set of the of the of the cabin, you you could easily have just like recasted this for the 2013 Evil Dead remake, and, and you wouldn't even know the difference. Yeah. I think they've wrapped up and kept the set. Man. Yeah, I <laughs> think they did. <laughs> the Harbinger character, like, there's a crazy Ralph always telling you that you're gonna die. And it's 
the that, same in this movie, yeah, right? Mordecai. Only he's part of the he's part of the fucking ritual, though, which I find pretty funny that there's an incantation that they there's something they have to say to the group, right? Yeah, like and that's a cool thing too. Like like you were saying, they get down to this uh the, the door opens to the basement and they you know, obviously when you're in a fucking cabin in the middle of the woods and the basement door just violently flies open on its own, your first instinct is to send one of your close friends down there by themselves. Yeah. So that's what they, as soon uh, as that, they choose that's to a do. Truth or dare thing. Yeah, they're playing truth or dare. Yeah. They're like, Oh, we dare you to go down there and that uh, basement that somebody may be down there. Yeah. Oh, the wind blew be- that giant fucking heavy door <laughs> open. Yeah. Right. I'm not trying to be a macho guy, but I would survive stuff like this because as soon as that door would fly open, <laughs> bye. Yeah. Later. Pack on. I've door- seen too many I'm movies. A- <laughs> See I-, I think it's important to go? notice. Where are you going to go? There's nowhere to go. Uber, baby. I'm fucking out. <laughs> I think it's I'm important to gone. point out too is that we have this uh, this. Uh, what the hell is the dude's name? He's the stoner character, Marty. Marty. Who's like smoking this whole time. And he seems to be the only one who's like, you know, on his shit. And he already thinks that everything is suspicious. So he's like begging them, like, why would we send this girl by herself down there? This is a bad idea. Let's just stay up here and, and not do any of this. So he doesn't yeah. seem to be affected by any of like the government's little tricks that they're trying to pull. It's the weed, baby. Exactly. It's the weed. I, I think they basically say shit. that. I I they say, totally they say that they've been well, they say <laughs> they've been like dosing his weed, but it hasn't been doing anything Because yeah. Marty smokes too much for that shit, dude. He's not a first timer. He knows what he's doing. There's fucking cameras in the lamp. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when everybody else is being influenced though by like the pheromone mist and you know shit like that he's the only one that's able to make rational decisions and it's really funny because that's usually the character that's killed first yeah who's making the least rational decisions i love the turn of that yeah like yo he's got the fuck up that's like smoking weed or whatever but this guy ends up being the one that ends up saving the day all right we're talking about marty real quick we would be totally amiss not to mention his amazing collapsible coffee mug bong that he has oh my god don't they sell it i'm pretty sure they do sell it now since since then for sure i've seen it before but this thing is sweet it was he comes rolling up in his car it's like a cheech and chong movie where it's like the smoke's clamming out of his car and he's just holding this giant silver bong and he gets out he's like oh no big deal man it just closes down into a coffee mug and he gets on the rv well he has like this whole little like like spiel it's like you're not bringing that with you in my fucking in the rambler or whatever <laughs> and he's just like he's putting it all like together smoothly like yeah. into basically a travel oh, mug and i he's would like, never do that a giant bong yeah what are you high <laughs> no you would have to be high oh to yeah do he that. says uh <laughs> and he just like walks away like all like smooth he was like, like the police very- he goes the police would never pull over a man with a giant bong in his car because they fear this man and it's it's almost like the beginning of uh friday the 13th part three when they pull up in the van and chuck and chili are like smoking yep. the weed in the back i definitely like think the- it's a, a an homage to that no no he kind of looks like the whole movie i'm like i feel like this is like 
Seth Green's Scott Evil character with his friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He totally but, does. He's, he's all depressed because of his dad. He smokes too much weed. I'm going to go to the cabin in the woods with my, with my friends. Uh, <laughs> well, like Mike was saying, like we, we get all down at the bottom of this, you know, they get to the bottom of this basement and there's all these fucking artifacts that have to like, and each artifact correlates to this way you're going to die. And there's like, you know, a conch shell that this dude almost blows. And that would have summoned the merman. The merman. Yeah. yeah. And there's like a, a jewelry box that plays, you know, this music. And it would like basically summon this like, you know, fucking evil ballerina with like teeth for a face. It's, like it's a child or yeah, some it's shit, right? Evil like shit. And it's a cool way to be like, all right, now that these people are in the basement, now they're going to choose their own destiny. Like the government can't pick the way they're going to die. They can just provide the way for them to make the decisions on their own. And that's kind of all part of this ritualistic sacrifice that's happening. It's so smart on so many levels. Yeah. I wish we would have gotten more of a background of the other things that were in the basement. Like there's oh, the too. film reels. Like, is that supposed to be like almost like a nod to demons? Maybe like, I was thinking you know that I mean? too. something like that. Uh, what else was down there? The puzzle box, like you said, that's supposed to be oh like, my from, God, dude, the, uh, the, the Hellraiser Hell ripoff guy, fucking yeah. uh, Hell Lord Fornicus was his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> that's character. your name. That's going to be your that's, name. Yeah, that's I my new black metal name when like, I put on my new Yeah, shit. wearing the leather leader hosen, right? <laughs> Just naked with a garter on black ripping leads <laughs> there there's also a diary and there may be a tape recorder down there also but it's supposed to be like evil dead right she starts reading the the latin and you actually hear a voice like very right? like uh, there's somebody trying to amityville trying horror. to coax her yeah, there's somebody trying to coax her, and like the pothead's like, "Hey, anybody else hearing that?" Totally, yeah, he's totally like, "Wait a second, I hear, I actually hear something. Something's wrong here." The cool thing but, about the uh, the story that she's reading is that like it's telling the story basically before she reads this like Latin and you know, fucking thing that releases all this stuff. It's telling the story of like the Buckner family from like this little girl's perspective, and that's talking about like ripping this person's stomach open and putting like hot coals in it and all these different ways of like torturing people and shit and it's the creepiest fucking story ever told from this little girl's perspective and that's who is then awakened the the buckners yeah there's there's so many cool things down there like i said before i wish we would have gotten more background on that stuff what what would have been something that you guys would have liked to have seen like have been used as the the demise of the group. Oh man, just like uh, just like Hadley in the movie, the Merman. He wanted to see it so badly, which you know, spoiler alert, he does eventually see the Merman. But I would have loved to have seen more action based around killer mer people at this like cabin in the woods where there's a little lake because there's a pond and shit there. So water is definitely a possibility in play. See, I was almost disappointed in the Buckners. 
I think that it's, yeah. I think it's like, oh, you went with the, the, the obvious, you're in the woods, you went with the creepy incest looking, creepy mutant, you know, family kind of shit. The fucking zombie redneck torture family. Like, yeah. You could have went with the unicorn. Oh my God, dude. Uh, it, it just There's a bunch of unicorns killing everybody. Dude, but that's was, a great movie right there. Oh, I know. It really would True. be. But the I guess this does universe. kind of fit True. the, you know, we're sticking with the whole, we're going to, you know, make fun of in a way traditional horror, you know, stories. Cause that would be the most fitting story for that kind of thing. If you look very closely when they show all the monsters in the cubes, you will see a boomer from Left for Dead. There's a there. few Left for the Dead characters. Game. Yep. And apparently there was supposed to be a crossover with the game, but oh, it didn't I've happen because that. MGM went out of business. But that would have been something. Imagine, like, for some reason that was in the movie. Yeah, and I guess, blown like... blown my mind. I love that game. That game's awesome. The game was going to be where, like, there was going to be a level where, like, you played, like, above ground at the cabin and underground in the facility with, like, yeah. the monsters. Oh, I would have loved that, dude. That would have been so cool. It's, what a great game. We there's, were just talking about that recently, too. Me and you were. Yep. Well, there's the new one that's coming out. Oh, the, yeah, like, that's what it was. sequel. But there was also like the shining twins you see in one of the things. There's like a giant snake. I like the giant bat. That was cool. The thing fucking like flies through the wall with the guy. The merman though is literally the coolest thing that they show, especially with that whole blood gimmick where it just starts like shooting everywhere and like it's just so disgusting. It's great. There's tons of uh, of of. of- different you know homages that they pay in that stuff too like there's a clown that's obviously based on on pennywise you know an evil clown that's in these things yeah uh there's tim curry pennywise oh yeah it it totally was that you know the shining twins (laughs) the shine yeah they're like oh what was it Uh, jack frost there's like an evil snowman in uh in one of the scenes someone pointed out um i'm not sure how it works i'm not sure how long the screenplay was around but somebody pointed out like the tethered family from us and us came out like 2019. So some people don't know if that was like, if it was something that was written or if it was it like, it might've just been a coincidence. A lot, of shit. Some, a lot of people think that like, it might've been like, you know, like a, it, there's like a tie, like there's, you see like a family wearing all red, like where the red jumpsuits. Together. I love the strangers you know really are good one? too. Oh yes. yeah. Strangers are there. Yeah. The, one of the best things is when the fucking white werewolf comes out of nowhere, like in the fucking the dark oh, so at, cool. at, at the oh end. Yeah, well, like it's in like the dark of the cube and it comes forward and it's just like, that's a great jump scare. Like, if you don't know that's coming, yeah. dude, that'll, if you're in theater, that's getting you. I don't care who the fuck you are. That's such a great the, looking werewolf too. I have to say that's probably one of the best uh, looking werewolves of the last like 20 years of cinema. Yeah. Also, it, scarecrows like from the movie, almost yeah. like, you know, like the one that what was that the early '90s or whatever that where like the military people, oh like, yeah, they yeah. rob they they're like robbing somebody and they end up in that fucking farm. Was it Dark Knight of the Scarecrows? Killing them? No, no. I think it's just called Scarecrows. Oh, it has like a purple. It has like a purple cover on it now. I can see it in my. It's head. like, I think it's like a greenish cover. But it has like the and actual scarecrow. It's got a scarecrow. picture, like a creep, a creepy looking scarecrow yeah. on the cover. It, it reminded me of that. I don't know if that was supposed to be an homage to that movie. Overall, though, I do like the whole idea that they have to make the choice themselves, right? And they're kind of trapped in this area, and it's like, well, you're pretty much screwed. There's no way out. Yeah, even Citizen says she it. can live. Even Sitterson says it where he's like, we can't make the decision for them, but we can just kind of, you know, 
give them something like every opportunity to make those decisions that we want them to make basically like we're going to nudge them in the right direction that we want but they have to be the ones to ultimately do it but they're allowed to trap them in this area with that force field and i love when fucking kurt rides on his motorcycle to try to jump the gap and he just rides right into the that's great (laughs) he just gets like obliterated by this thing and it's funny because you see it in the beginning with the eagle with the eagle yeah Yeah, they're like looking like oh look at that and then it just flies into this invisible wall and dies i I like how it's shot like very heroically but we all the audience kind of knows what's going to happen it's so fucking funny. It's like very Hunger Games-ish, kind of like this dome that like is digitally surrounding them that they can't get through. Oddly enough, too, because Kristen Connolly plays Dana, whose brother is in all of the Hunger Games movies. So it's kind of like a there weird connection. There we go. I'm making fucking go. connections tonight. There you go. There you I've go. never seen any of those movies. Worth checking good. out. Yeah. So honestly, I, I'm a huge you know Battle Royale fan, so I think that's the, the ultimate of that kind of story. But I like the one job. with Stone Cold. What's the one with Stone Cold? Oh shit! Oh, oh, are you talking about um, the 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 Demmed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, saw, I saw that. I saw that in theaters. Yeah, me too. They had a theater. I'm, oh I'm not a big God. Hunger Games fan. Yeah. I'm not a big Hunger Games fan. But however, I'm a huge Philip Seymour Hoffman fan. So yeah, he's so there, close you enough. there you go. Yeah, oh, R.I.P. So, you know, we said that they have like this force field around and they're pumping pheromones and all this shit into this area for this group to kind of nudge them along. One thing that you notice throughout the movie is that they become more and more like they're like assigned archetype, right? Like the nerdy guy gets more nerdy. The jock gets more jockey, jockish, jockish. Although the nerd was pretty fucking buff too, I will say, like he wasn't really your stereotypical nerd. He was kind of jockey, also. They he rode the line. Did a better yeah. job with nerd. That. Well, the well, Kurt, you know, Chris Hemsworth, he's also like incredibly intelligent too. That's why you see him go from being like this smart, you know, cool guy to being this fucking like almost like a bully. Yeah, even Marty's right? like, this isn't how he fucking acts. Like, I don't care if he's drunk yeah. or not. I've seen this dude like and partied with him a bunch and he's never acts like a dumbass jock. Why is he acting this way tonight? So you could definitely tell they're off character. And his girlfriend, Jules, like dyes her hair, you know, just so happens to dye her hair blonde. And they say that they actually like spiked her hair dye. Right? They yeah, drugged I can't her what hair they said they dye put in the it, treatment. But it was like going to leech into her hair, so like into her scalp slowly and shit. It's, just, it's crazy the level, like the government. All the uh, stuff. Yeah, all the stuff that they. they This has been planned for, for weeks, right? This has already been set in motion. They were the, the group that was picked, and it's all going according to plan. And I think that the way that they make everybody's personality kind of get amplified. It makes everything so much more, I guess, uh, like there's more funny stuff as the movie goes along. Even though it gets more horrific, I feel like the horror comedy starts creeping in, right? Because the guys in the, the scientists in the lab, all of a sudden now that they're getting all flustered and panicked, like they start doing funny things and saying funny shit and they're blaming people and they're everybody's blaming everybody. They're all in a panic. And like, as these people that are actually being hunted by the Buckners are trying to escape, they're seeing all this like crazy shit happening, like the fucking tunnel being 
um, demolished right in front of them and their friend hitting this literal invisible wall. Um, yeah, they're starting to the realize nerd. that there's no escape and that this is they're they're here for a reason. Like the girls especially knows that like there's no escaping this shit. The smart dudes like we're going to drive through the woods and if we can't get through the woods, we're going to find another road and we're going to get the fuck out of here. And she's like, he "Are you fucking acting, stupid? Like we're trapped, yeah. you dumbass." Like what are you he getting? He starts acting like that like the goody good guy in every 80s horror <laughs> yeah. slasher right we're gonna get you out of here babe don't you worry yeah if it's don't worry i'll i'll die for you and <laughs> he, he ends does. up getting stabbed <laughs> like fucking the guy in uh this scene's great friday the 13th part six in the rv yes. he gets stabbed through the neck there it is great uh, yeah as he's driving i mean in that one he gets stabbed in the head i think it, it, in this one, though, he gets stabbed like through the back. And it's the like head. A, with this crazy bone-looking knife too. It's like a giant blade that has like a crazy upcurve to it. It's a really cool-looking knife. It it looks like it's almost like garden shears, like it's a, like weird. like one side of a scissor, like is. one side of a scissor. Was it, it a trowel or something? Shear. Didn't they say one side of a garden shear? Oh, it is. Yeah, uh, it's it's once. Somebody might have a trowel, but one of the things is one side of a garden shear. It's like a big knife looking thing. I love thing. it. I love when people use things like that. The garden shear, the fucking the trowel. Yet again, I'll say it again. Friday the 13th, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Getting killed with a trowel. Damn, Jason. This he's very so versatile. Where, where the party's going on as she's like, almost getting well, killed this is like we said the comedy starts creeping in they're all partying they think that marty the pothead the fool is dead and like you know everything's over they got the people that they needed to get and they're all partying and all of a sudden they see the bat phones start ringing yep and it's this red phone see. on the wall yeah and you know like uh-oh something's fucking wrong right something that i i saw and i didn't realize this till one of the other, you know, later watchings of this film after Marty gets taken by the Buckners and you think he dies, which he doesn't, he does survive that encounter. They pull that lever and there's an earthquake. Like something was wrong. Yeah. And the first time they did it, nothing happened. Remember it was totally normal. The second one though, it, there was something wrong. And all of a sudden you start feeling the whole ground start to shake and all that shit. I like that. It's it's yeah, it's it's this cool thing because you find out as this movie goes that each of these characters they have to die in a certain order. They have to, you know, be fulfilling work. these certain roles otherwise the the gods aren't happy with the sacrifice. Yeah, this is like a a planned ritual that has a planned set of like these people have to die. This has to happen. You have to say this. You have to do that. And if it doesn't, we're fucked. And that's what the, the issue was rules. when they pulled the lever that Marty didn't really die. And they said that he did. So the gods were not happy. Hence the uh, the earthquake. Yep. Yeah. And we learn, you know, throughout this movie that there's these gods from before time or whatever. The old world. It's where all these monsters are coming from. You actually see like a pit that goes to who the fuck knows yeah, where. That's cool. And uh, basically, the ending of the. Let's talk about the ending of this movie. Well, we haven't mentioned real quick that we're not the only ones doing this. This is happening all over the fucking world. 
Oh yeah. yes, you're right. Actually, it's like a race between the worlds. So like, like there's like, like basically the same scenario. Well, not diff- the same scenarios, but like different scenarios that are like this being played out in Japan and in Brazil and Germany and shit. And they show that like we're now the last ones. All these other failure, other countries failure, have failure. failed to to appease the gods. And I love it because there's a scene that like all these Japanese girls are basically like exercising this demon in this classroom. And the They're fucking like nine-year-old, like little cute, like Japanese. Yeah, and the girls, dude like, from Stepdads is like staring at the TV. You motherfuckers, motherfuckers! And I'm like, dude, yeah. this is so hilarious. He's so They're pissed off at these bad. little Japanese girls, and it's the funniest fucking part of the movie to me. It's like, oh, the angry spirit will live in Happy Frog from it's like, now you on. Fucking Japanese girls! I was like, oh my god! I like when they flash through the screens, though. You see, like, oh, there was a giant monster somewhere, right? And it's yeah. dead. Like they killed it. There's it all like these King different Kong. things. Yeah. yeah, there's all these different things that fucking failed. And uh, the one, the guy from Billy Madison, was it the guy from Billy yeah, Madison? That that's guy, like, Eric, yeah. we we have a hundred percent success rate, except for. 1998 and that was a fucking thing because of the the chem department or whatever which i which i love that statement that he makes because if you like put all this together that's totally a nod to the movie the uh, the faculty with uh what's his which name john uh from the the daily show john stewart, john stewart? yeah john that's stewart. his name josh yeah. yeah dude it's such because like in that movie it, there's a wait, chemistry really thing that happens yeah it's really yeah, i think connection. it's supposed to be an odd oh i didn't know yeah. that that's I pretty funny it. i like that I love the fact. So Maybe now we'll that like faculty the faculty one day. a good movie. Oh, we, we should faculty definitely. One day? Yeah, we, yeah, we will one hundred do that movie. Underrated. Yeah. Yeah. But now that everyone's caught up on that, like we're not the only ones doing it. This is a world mission, and they have fucking failed. So now it is up to yeah. us to kill these fucking college kids. So yeah, basically Marty, the fool or the pothead, whatever you want to call him, and the virgin girl, they and she's not end a virgin in this. No, but they say well, we we work with what we have. I don't. That's I hate one that. of the lines that uh, they make their way down into the basement, and they end up seeing all these monsters. They see a ghost. They see a werewolf. They see all this crazy shit, and they basically unleash everything from all these cubes, and it just annihilates everybody in this fucking building. Yeah. And then they meet Anthony. Who do they meet down there? They meet Ripley. Now that's Kearney Reaver, the director. And uh, no, the thing I was trying to, I I was pointing out was that uh, I think they wrote wrote in the werewolf part because she really wanted the werewolf. She like loved the werewolf. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard in production notes. That's funny. Yeah, but yeah, she's the director. Yeah, she's the one that they keep referencing throughout this whole movie. She's in charge of all these operations. And she basically says like, listen, this is bigger than all of us. Like you guys have to die. She says to, um, to what's her name? Dana? Dana? Yeah. Right? Well, she could live. Well, she says, like, you got to kill him. Like, just, he has to die. Like, this is, like, really important now. Like, this is the end. Like, there's no more time left. He has to die. Yeah, she says there's, like, eight minutes till sunrise. And if, and if you know, he doesn't die, then everybody dies. And she basically tells her, fuck off. And she doesn't do it. And the ground starts shaking and all this stuff. And we see this giant hand come out. There's literally a giant hand that comes out, crushes the cabin. Yeah. And it's this, it's supposed to be the hand of Kronos, right? The old gods. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that's the end of the world. So there will be no sequel because there is no one left. I have a question I, for I you. I think it was... Yeah. Sure, shoot. So when you first... The first time you watched this movie, throughout this whole part of this ending, in my head, I'm thinking... Okay, they need a virgin to die or to be the last one alive. They think that Dana's a virgin. We know that she's not because she said she fucked her teacher in the beginning of the movie. So we know that she's not a virgin. I'm thinking this whole time, Marty's the virgin and that he's actually the last one that's supposed to die. So that even if they were to like kill Marty, it's going to fuck up because Marty's the actual virgin all along. Yeah. That's what I Wait, was thinking. Di- didn't, Wait, didn't Marty's ever- the virgin and she's the fool. Yeah. Right. Be- well, that- doesn't she? <gasps> Chris. Yeah. Chris. No, that's the point. I thought that was the point oh, though. No, uh, don't, don't tell no, me I'm the only I, one that didn't No, no, that. because cause the whole, isn't the whole point at the beginning of the movie, she's getting over a relationship she was having with the professor. Yeah. No, she well, fucked the, the professor. Thing, yeah. Yeah, she fucked yeah. the professor. That's what I'm <laughs> That's saying. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. She's, but isn't isn't the whole reason why she needs to get away and the whole reason why she's upset is because of that relationship that's no more? Well, they do. Well, they reference that at the end. They say like, oh, well, we work with what we could get. Right. So, so like, maybe they think she's a virgin. I, oh, because it's a secret, yes. right? Right. Yes, because it's happening at school. He was or a married man. <laughs> so yeah, I'm thinking, yo, so Marty's the Marty. fucking virgin, and Marty's just too yeah. shy and like a little stoner kid who doesn't like. I'm not gonna tell anybody that I ain't no fuck before. She's the fool, and she's the fool because she's fucking a teacher for Christ's sakes, a married man. Oh my god that's perfect man i like that bravo dude you know. <laughs> see everybody's gonna learn something from this one and on that man because i feel i'm pumped now it's time to get even more pumped up with the fucking meat grinder let's hear it More minutes, who knows what might have happened. I am never gonna see a mermaid. Ever. Do be thankful. Those things are terrifying. The cleanup on them is a nightmare.
we are back, baby. We are back. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I feel like I uh I'm 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 hitting my stride again. <laughs> back in the saddle. <laughs> Yeah, just wait. I got some new strings for my baritone. I should uh, be able to go back oh, to tuning nice. the G. Hell yeah. I like that. So before we uh, get into our final thoughts and everything, we have to talk about one part of this movie that's probably one of the best things that we've all ever seen. Epic. In in recent history, in recent horror history, right? This This absolutely epic unleashing of the monsters from all the cubes into this scientific facility it is an absolute bloodbath yeah we got all these uh these like you know federal agents or these you know kind of like swat team members coming down to try to to take out marty and dana who have infiltrated and they just get the living hell unleashed on them and i you know there's a lot of movies that do cgi very poorly and it ruins it for me. I will say that the CGI in this scene is really great. None of it takes yeah. me out of it. None of it is is too far. I mean, there's a giant fucking snake for Christ's sakes in one thing. Yeah. And even that doesn't pull me too far out of what's happening because it's just this insanity roller coaster of gore and and fun and everything that I love about horror movies. Well, the big thing, too, is that there's a great behind the scenes of this whole movie that I watched. And basically what the director said was like, it was agreed through everybody on the set that if we could do it practical, we'll do it. If it can't be done practical, if we we exercise all of our our resources to not do it practical, then we'll use CGI. And I love that. And the big thing, and they got the space. And when they got the space, it was way bigger than they thought. So if they had a smaller space... I think there'll be some CGI, but since the space was so big and they needed to fill out a lot, right. that's why once they had everything edited and like, okay, what can we add? They weren't using it as a crutch. They were using it as a tool, and I think it shows. Oh, yeah, man. There's yeah. so many good monsters that they have, like the fucking merman that we see on, yeah. on the fucking <laughs> screen right now. It's, it's uh, so good. All the, like, the zombies <laughs> that they even have running around, the everything it looks so good there's a, a the, the mut- clown cutting the guy fuck it's so funny there's like a, this quick little scene that happens where marty and is like running through the hallway with a gun with the with dana and like this mutant tries to grab him and marty like shoots this fucking mutant in the head and this green like just ooze comes flying it's the prettiest like zombie mutant shot in the head scene I have ever seen. And it happened so fast that I, I literally had to like stop and watch it over and over again. The first time I watched this movie, cause it's, it's fucking awesome. If you don't want to watch this movie, at least watch this part. Yeah. And it might, it might convince you to watch the whole thing because it really, it really is done extremely well. And I can't think of another movie that has a scene like this. Right. This is a movie for hardcore horror fans. I think that's what this yeah. is. I think if you're a casual movie watcher, a casual, oh, I, I'll watch some horror movies now and then. I don't think you're going to understand what they're trying to do. I think you're going to shit on this movie. If you're like, you know, a hardcore horror nut, though, you're going to be like, dude, holy shit. Yes, I recognize this. Yeah. This is awesome because they're playing off of this. The whole time you're watching it, you're like just getting this whole sense of uh, of just like nostalgia and love for what they're trying to do. 
Yeah, you'll 100% know that, like, they're doing all this on purpose. Yeah. It's all intentional, right? It's not just them being doing cheesy tropes because that's all they can think of. It's all done on purpose. Yeah. So why don't we give our final uh, opinions, final thoughts on this, some scenes that you like, some things that you didn't like, if there were any. Anthony, why don't you go first? Uh, I, I really like the movie a lot. I think the giant climax of the movie is great. I also think it's very, especially horror movies, it's very hard to keep attention, especially like some people use kills as crutches. And I really think this movie, if it, it, it's it's done very well to the point that the first kill doesn't happen until 46 minutes or something. Yeah, that's wild. Something like that. Yeah. So I feel like it's a very slow build. And I think that's uh, to the planning that this movie is done by real horror movie fans. So I think besides the giant like battles, I guess the battle scene you would call it, I think I think maybe maybe the hand coming out of the ground at the end, because that was done pretty, even though there was computerized stuff, there's some pretty practical stuff about that. That's why I think it looks really crisp. I think that whole ending scene where the hand comes out is pretty cool too. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Uh I think the only thing I could say uh for a negative on this movie is that I wish they would have set up the ending. For there to be more, I, I I appreciate what they were trying to do at the end, but this movie's so good and the premise is so strong and original. Where you have this underground, you know, government facility who's orchestrating this ritualistic sacrifice, and to the point where every detail is focused on and taken care of. So smart to have that be a movie that I just wish there could be more of it. So to have everybody die at the end, yeah, you know, bravo. It's it's the big, you know, unhappy ending. I like that too, but I just wish we could have a cabin in the woods part two because this deserves so much more. I think this is like in the same vein as something like scary movie, but not done as just a straight comedy. That's a great this comparison. Has this has similar feelings as that where they're obviously making fun of a genre, but you can tell that they do enjoy it. This has so many good kills and parts that just will make you like, oh, like you'll just kind of, you know, you'll get goosebumps or whatever. That's, that's when, appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just certain things that happen to some of these characters. It's just brutal, just like an Evil Dead movie. And they say in the movie that they're supposed to be kind of like tortured as they're going about their night here i think that this movie really is a strong you said that like it's for just you know hardcore horror fans and stuff i think this is a very strong movie to just show somebody like who's not really into the genre because it's so ridiculous and there's so many jokes and there's a lot of people that you'll recognize in the movie that it may be a good introduction to more like splatter film. Really, I can see that. This yeah. could be, this could be like the introduction to then seeing something like, oh, you like this? Then maybe go see like Dead Alive or something like that, or watch Bad Taste. I could totally something. see that as long as they're not completely turned off by the premise right away, because it's it's a little bit much to wrap your head around if you're not a horror fan. But if they can get behind it and really enjoy it, then I could see them really growing a love for horror based off this movie for yeah. sure and dude this even borderlines uh sci-fi movies the whole oh, yeah. government Damn. controlling like this it's like the truman show but it's but horror you know i or guess one of the guy's movie. names is actually his first name is truman 
because it's there a it's an it's a nod Good to that movie also. The uh, Simpsons the movie? guard, right? The the guard is Truman. Yeah, I think. Fucking so funny. All coming. So together. now that we have given our perspective on this movie. Why don't we why don't we look at some other people's perspectives on this one, right? Some people don't really agree with us, some do, but you can really find some interesting opinions when you start looking through reviews on these movies. I'm going to start with not our Anthony, but uh verified purchase Anthony from Amazon. That's me too. <laughs> Turn this off a quarter way through. It's now where it belongs in the garbage. Boo. Ouch. <laughs> I like this one here from a Mr. Mark Ramsey. Enough unemployed character from Whedon's failed series Dollhouse to staff an entire Abercrombie and Fitch in Beverly Hills. <sighs> Sassy. <laughs> Dick. Do people like do like rough drafts of these reviews? Like, ooh, this isn't sassy enough. Let me yeah. see if I can make it a little these bit. These are people that don't do anything. They <laughs> Personally, oh wait, no, this is Matthew. I, I wish it would give us more than just the United States. This is Matthew. He says, nah. Personally, <laughs> I didn't care for this movie. Nah. Neither, neither did my wife. I think I'll stick with Finding Nemo. <laughs> that's an interesting one. You know, one. Cabin in the Woods doesn't really do it for me, but Finding Nemo, that's something me and my wife can really get behind yeah, and yeah. enjoy. Here's another one. I would call it a floating dumpster fire, but that would be an insult to floating dumpster fires. Oh, man. Here we go. One star from uh, Kachara73. What have you been smoking? Is there a zero rating available? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Jesus, Kachara. He had to bring up the pot reference. The only character in the movie that was making the correct decisions. So basically what we could uh, draw from Amazon is that everybody's a critic and not everybody enjoys the same shit as us. Yeah, huh? this 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 yeah. last one sums up exactly what you're saying, Mike. It's entitled, You Love This Movie, You Hate This Movie. I watched this and instantly fell in love. My roommate, on the other hand, not so much. End of the there review. You <laughs> we'll end it there. Let's head over to the video Dropbox. Okay, now we're here. My favorite part of the uh, episode, the video drop box, where we find out what we'll be watching next week. Anthony, do you want to give a guess on what we're going to watch? Can I say Back to the Future? Yes, but uh, it is not <laughs> it Back to the wrong. Future. I don't know. The, I'm off mic. I said that. You're like, oh, wait for the thing. Like, it, okay. is, it is from 1985, though. Anthony, want to give it another shot? We already did Day of the Dead. We did, I'm going to give you one on, clue. There's so many. There's so many. One clue. We used to listen... I could give him I could give him a clue and he'll get Oh, it. Teen Wolf? 
We no. didn't, okay. no. Close. We're getting there. The, the clue the is listen. Darcy from Marcy Darcy. Oh, wait, wait, is is it Fright Night? We're doing Fright Night. We're watching oh, Fright Night, Anthony. Finally, a little Peter Vincent accent. A little Peter Vincent. 2012 action. Fright Night. 2010 Fright Night. I enjoyed <laughs> that one, one, man. So yeah. did my mom. My yeah, mom yeah, so yeah, did yeah. my mom. <laughs> she did. Yeah, it's not she like did. a diss. I'm sorry. You're like, yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, so did my mom, asshole. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah she, we were watching it in Anthony's living room, and she like walks in. She's like, this isn't the original one. I'm like, wow. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were like, Impressed. just mentioned that like you and Anthony's mom were watching it in the living room, and like Anthony walked in, and we're like, what are you guys doing watching a movie? Like, <laughs> Why are you watching a movie with my mom, dude? <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. I love this fucking movie. All right, let's hit the trailer. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. This could be the night of your life. Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, do this one. Directed by Tom Holland, who also did Child's Play, which yep. is one of our favorites. We we all love that movie. I that's do a, love that's that a great movie. one. And the lead was in both. He was in both of them. The the, the Chris uh, the, he was the cop in. Oh, he was the oh, cop. Yes, he was. And you are correct. Also, also Dog Day Afternoon. Also, he's the voice of Jack Skeleton that doesn't sing. He's amazing. Can I do another one? Well, oh, uh, uh, the bouncer <laughs> that ends up getting attacked by him in the nightclub is Ali from Friday the 13th Part 3. Oh, there the you go. The black dude boom, from the biker boom, gang. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I, dude, Tom Holland, man, thinner. Thinner. <laughs> you, you have, you have uh, what is it? I, I have the, that the, nice uh, the VHS promo copy. Yeah, yeah. The promo copy. Tells you you could get like the t-shirt, the fanny pack, like the... Ooh. The novelty pen, all that shit. I know you want thinner. that. I'm excited for this. I, I fucking, I love thinner. <laughs> but uh, I think, I think that about wraps it up for this week, right? What do you guys say? It's been fun. Yeah, well, it's, it's been, been it's been great. By the time you hear this, the nightmare has ended. That's right. Right. It's over, baby. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony where? Could they find you on the internet? Ape City on Instagram. Once again, I said it last week, but this week I think I have. Go to my page. There's a couple cool music videos that I think that this this fan base of our podcast would like very much. And Grizz, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video on Instagram. And you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. You can also find our Patreon there. If you want to 
donate to pay for our hosting and maybe equipment upgrades. Yeah. Starting to sound a little better, right? We're all starting to upgrade now, finally. Thank you, guys. Also, wherever you're listening to us, please rate us five stars. Leave us a good review. It helps us out a lot. We really would love to hear from you. We hope you're enjoying things, right? We hope you... uh, you're enjoying some of the more contemporary choices that we're picking now also also listen to all our friends laser graves uh super tat film club you know you know who everybody is come on guys is there anything else that uh did i miss anything is there anything you guys want to plug anything you, you want to say nailed it i got everything man there i'm excited go. i gotta look into that uh king kong versus godzilla movie yes now more. that's on my oh, list now oh before we go, did you see, did either of you see the stills from the new Mortal Kombat movie? I saw, I only saw, I only saw the fonts. Dude, there's, move, there's yeah. movie stills. It looks awesome to me. I am fucking yeah. excited. As a huge fan of the shitty 90s one, I cannot tell you how fucking excited I am oh, for this. Y- you mean, I only saw there was a good 90s one, not the shitty <laughs> one. Can't that movie's not that great. Well, there's, there's Mortal Kombat. Veronica Vaughn's great in it. Well, there's Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. There's oh, the, the second, second one's one. even worse, dude. Don't even Where they just killed Johnny Cage. Sorry, I, everybody. Johnny Cage is going to apparently be in this new one. No, he, he he was in the first one. He gets killed in the second one right away. He's going to be in the new movie. So yeah, I like no. that it's well, not going to be, be a continuation of that Oh, no, I, I was not saying it was going to be a continuation. I'm just saying that how do you kill, they kill him off right in the first, the second yeah, one. The, the most worst. popular character in the whole fucking series besides Sub-Zero and Scorpion. You kill him. Yeah, okay. Let's kill that motherfucker. No. Going to get do the bicycle kick? Stupid. No, it's Can funny. Didn't the, didn't the guy for, that played Luke King in that one? Yeah. The guy that played Liu Kang in that one went right into like Beverly Hills Ninja right after. Yeah, dude, he was doing it at he that was, time. <laughs> he was riding high. Good job. Good <laughs> for him. Beverly Hills Ninja, that's another one we could do. Super Taff Film Club did a Mortal Kombat episode. Check it out. Oh, it's it's good. Good. I like that movie. Yeah, I like that. All right. So I think that's it for us, guys. I think it's time to sign off. How did I wish we were like coast to coast. We're like <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> coast uh, to coast. George Norrie shit. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Signing off. Bad taste video out. <laughs>